welcome to another episode of the Press Coverage Podcast. I'm your host, Media Pass Crocky. <laughs> okay, um, I've been at 49ers training camp the last few days. Uh, I'll be there again tomorrow um, as a member of the media. And, you know, it, it it's, a, it's a very unique experience. Um, we'll get into that. All right. Um, Eric Crocker, Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Um, also follow the Press Coverage Podcast account, Press Cove Podcast. Man, I've been super busy um, being here and just kind of, you know, seeing the media side of things. And I'll get into that. But, you know, first, I, you know, being at training camp, it reminded me of my days of training camp. Um, I kind of briefly went over a few things from my experience, but I, I want to kind of go over a roster and how a roster is constructed and the small talent gap in the NFL. All right. So I, I think everybody thinks like, oh, these, you know, these guys in the NFL, he must be amazing. Right. Um, but obviously you guys watch a lot of football. Anybody that listens to this podcast, you have to watch football. <laughs> you have to want to watch football. You have to love football to listen to somebody talk about football for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour. So as much as you guys love football, think about it like this. You guys have all seen guys that aren't very good, right? Well, the the way rosters are, and, and what I noticed from my experience, there are a few special guys. There are a few guys that are freaks, um, you know, physical freaks, and, and just are, like, exceptionally good, like, just way better than everybody else, right? So, you know, that type of player is typically, like, your Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. Um, you know, the Khalil Max, uh you know, guys like that, you know, even like, you know, Alden Smith, right? Alden Smith was really good. I know a lot of people will say, well, he only got those sacks because uh, Justin Smith. No, the dude was good. The dude was good. Well, when he wasn't on that pookie. But anyways, there, there are some special talented guys. All right, on the receiver side, we've seen, you know, Larry Fitzgerald. It isn't, there's no, it's no coincidence he's had this amazing career. Like the dude's just, a, you know, 6'3" you know, jumped out the building, coming into the league, caught every jump ball. He had a specialty. He was faster than people give him credit for. Um, you know, there's just some special people like, damn, this dude's just hella good, special, right? And, and that's an extreme. Those, those, Okay, those are extreme examples of special. You have some really good players, all right? Um, Dallas Cowboys, right? They have Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is really good, right? He's a really good receiver. And then after Amari Cooper, there's a, there's a big drop off in talent. All right, there, there, I won't even say yeah in talent. There's a big drop off, and that drop off is is not something that's out of the ordinary. It's like that on every roster. You you have a couple, I'd say like three guys on offense, three guys on defense that are special players, very talented players. You you guys. Everybody else that fills out the roster are scheme fit, uh, right place, right time, took advantage of their opportunity. But the, the talent from your number two corner to your number six corner is, is not a huge difference. All right? It is not a huge difference. A lot of it has to do with opportunity. Um, if you're a higher draft pick, you're going to get more opportunity than the undrafted guy. But 
How many times have we seen the undrafted guy beat out the higher draft pick? We've seen it. Now, it might take some time, and they're going to give every opportunity for that drafted guy to to win his spot. But the talent is not as big a gap as I think people think. I think they, they, they think like, oh, man, uh, you know, we need a shutdown corner, and then we need another shutdown corner. You're, you're probably not going to have two shutdown corners. Very rare. We see uh, we see Ramsey and Bouye, right? Two really good cornerbacks. That that that's rare. Usually, you have one that's a solid starter, and probably even still not like a shut down number one corner. There's not a whole lot of those. But you usually, have your number one corner who's solid, and then your number two cornerback. He's probably similar to the number three, four, and five guy as well, and it's just about opportunity. So take that in consideration when you guys are, you know, looking at rosters, um, thinking about, oh, this guy, or he's an undrafted rookie free agent. How You're getting beat by an undrafted. Yeah, well, he's undrafted probably for certain reasons. Maybe he ran a slow 40 time. Maybe he had off-field in, uh, issues. Maybe he's not very tall. Those are the type of reasons why some guys kind of slip through the cracks. But it's not a talent issue. Like, the, the, the guys can play. The, the talent gap isn't crazy like what, what people think. I came from the Division II conference in uh, league in, in college. D2. And I, and I was good. I, I was good. Right? I, I like to say I was good. I got to the AFL. I started all 19 games. All right? I, as a rookie. I played well. I had my ups and downs, but I played well. I got to the New York Jets. I signed with the Jets. I'm like, damn. They got Revis. Okay, they got Cromarty. They have Kyle Wilson. He was the number one. He was a first-round draft pick. Man, they traded Revis, by the way. But Kyle Wilson, first-round draft pick, damn. Okay, Darren Walls. He done. Darren Walls, he's played on the Falcons. Now he's here. Ellis, Ellis Langster, he was he was on the, the Bills, and now he's here. And Isaiah Trufant, you know, he was, he was in the UFL. He was player of the year. And, I'm looking around like, damn, like, these guys are good. Like, and then we get on the field. And then we get on the field. And we're doing one-on-ones. And, and we're doing team stuff. And I'm looking, and I'm like, these dudes ain't good like that. No, no, talented, yes. Yes, they're talented. But in, in the sense of, like, I'm thinking that I'm just going to see something that's going to blow me away. And... I, I wasn't blown away. I'm like, okay, there's no difference. Now, there was the freak, right? I said that there's always a freak. And the freak was Antonio Camardi, who really, I know he's listed at like 6'2", 210, but really the dude is like 6'4", 220 pounds, and faster than everybody, and in better shape than everybody, all right? Now, the, the, there are the freaks, and Camardi is the freak. But from 2 to... 10? And I would say 10 because there was probably like 10 of us in training camp and offseason, OTAs, all that. There wasn't there wasn't a difference like that. There, there wasn't a difference. I think on any given day, any of us could have been the starter opposite Komardi. Now, maybe I'm just saying that and maybe I'm tripping or whatever, but I watched it. My brother watched it and one day I'll bring my brother on the podcast. He'll tell you. There weren't there weren't corners better than me like that. But I will say this. Some guys took better 
they took more uh they took a advantage of some certain opportunities their way maybe a bad pass look good maybe he jumped someone jumped a play took a risk got an interception and it's like okay this dude just made a play like I, I have to make a play you know like some of those things but as far as just from a talent skill standpoint there's not a huge difference in talent it's you have to take advantage of your opportunities. There are a few freaks, but after that, the the the, the gap it's is is really tight. And I kind of thought about this because I'm watching the 49ers training camp, and I really like this kid. His name is Emmanuel Mosley. He he went undrafted, and out of Tennessee. And I'm watching Mosley, and I'm like, you know, this kid can play. He he can play. You know, it's going to be tough for him to get that opportunity, though, because the 49ers, they have Richard Sherman. He's going to be there. They got uh, Akela Witherspoon. He has a third-round pick. He's going to be there. They got Jason Verrett coming off an injury. But guess what? He's going to be there. You know, so already, you know, is starting to lose roster spots. You got DJ Reed. He was a draft pick. He's probably going to be there. He's, he's fighting for a fifth or sixth spot. So now it's like, okay, I just got to make plays. Um, it's it's tough. It's tough. And I don't know how big the talent gap is between any other 49ers <laughs> corners, right? Um, you got a freak with a Keller Witherspoon because he's 6'3", and he moves well, and he, and, and he has speed and all that. Got to be consistent. So, yeah, there, there's just, on every roster, I don't think it's what a lot of fans think. I don't think the talent gap is that big. You have to make the most of your opportunity. And, and in camp, opportunities matter. Um, my, my guy, Joe Collins, he went to Weber State, uh, wide receiver. He was in camp with us with uh, with the New York Jets. Very talented, 6'4", moved well, good routes, hands, all that. But for whatever reason, he didn't have a lot of opportunities to catch the ball in team and 707 and all that. With his other guy, what was his name, Spadola, Spagdola? He got a bunch of opportunities. He wasn't more talented than than Joe Collins. But for whatever reason, he kept getting opportunities. And then he got released. He eventually, he made the 53, which I was like, whoa, wow. <laughs> and then when they eventually did release him, he he uh, got signed to, like, the Dolphins. And he was there for a while. Then he got released from there. Then he got signed with the Falcons. Meanwhile, my guy Joe Collins he never got another opportunity. It's so crazy how NFL works. So anybody out there, if you guys are listening and you feel like you're talented and you you know you your dreams and aspirations are to play in the NFL, it's really more about how you work to get there and then just take advantage of your opportunity. They're not better than you like that. All right, guys, we've got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design and quality, durable, Blades at a very fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for the razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany 
that has been making quality blades for over 95 years. So join the 10 men who have already tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. So again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for just $3. Our next thing I want to talk about is a comment that Jason Verrett made. All right. So like I said, you know, I'm on the media media side of things with the 49ers and I'm in here and I'm, I'm, I'm listening to uh, Jason Verrett speak to the media and someone asked him a question along the lines of, hey, did teams express um, like, you know, they were worried about your injury and maybe not coming back and being what you were, which I mean, Verrett, when at the time he got hurt, what, the first time he was like, dude's like a top five cornerback in the league. But, you know, he asked, like, teams worried about you not being the same guy. And Verrett, and I'll, I'll post it on my Twitter. I think I already posted it, but, or I'll post it on the podcast page. I'll do that. Verrett's response was, I really don't care what anybody else has to say. It, not in those words, but something along those lines of, I don't care how they feel. Like, all I care about is how I feel and what I'm going to do. And I really appreciate that because it was kind of a breath of fresh air because I think that this social media-driven uh, era has everybody worrying about how other people feel about them. And I, I think that's wrong, man. Like, if you're so... When you're worried about other people, like, I feel like you can't do your best and you can't be the best you because everything that you're doing is so focused on how other people feel about it. There's going to be a lot of people that like you there's going to be a lot of people that don't like you. There's going to be a lot of people that don't like you. They don't like what you're doing. I'm pretty sure there's a ton of people that don't like me. But guess what? I don't care. And I, when I say I don't care, I genuinely mean it. I don't care. I'm still going to do me. I'm still going to have fun uh, talking about my football stuff, talking on the podcast, um, the different uh, things that I, I'm getting into. Uh, some tough decisions I have to make coming up. I have to do me, right? So I don't take into consideration anything that someone else feels about me, especially if they're not looking out for the best interest in me. Now, if somebody's giving me constructive criticism, that's different. I'm all for constructive criticism. Somebody can tell, hit me right now. Hey, Croc, man, um, I like your podcast, but, you know, I think you can do this better or this better. I like when you talk about this, but not so much this. And I'll take those things into consideration. But if at the end of the day, man, like who, who, who are you trying to please other people or yourself? And I think sometimes people get lost in that. So listening to Verrett, um, and again, I'll post this on the podcast, Twitter account, listening to his comment on, you know, I really don't care what these people have to, say about me or how they feel. It wasn't those exact words, but you'll, you'll hear his exact words. It was a breath of fresh air. Some of you guys need that mindset. Now, the last thing I want to talk about, Jerry Rice, all right? And Odell Beckham. So, and uh, I'll probably touch on a few other receivers as well. Now, there were some comments that were made, and someone asked Odell, how long do you want to play football? And he said, 10 years 
or until I break Jerry Rice's record, which is around 23,000 yards. First of all, Odell, get in your head now. You have to play a lot more than 10 more seasons to be able to break his record. Now, this is why I think that record is never being broken. All right? That record will never be broken. And the the reason why is because I don't know if anybody this is and this is okay, first of all, okay, let me stop. The greatness of Jerry Rice has been just super disrespected over the last few years. I see people say, hey, this guy is the greatest receiver we've ever seen, uh, Randy Moss or Calvin Johnson, right? And I'm like, dude. Jerry Rice, oh, no, 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 you, you you would take Jerry Rice. And it's like, yes, there is something to say about a an athlete that dedicate, like Jerry Rice dedicated his whole life to perfection. He, de- he dedicated his whole career to perfection every day. That's what he's waking up thinking about. How can I be better? I'm going to go run this. He got to, I'm going to run this Jerry Rice hill. I'm going to go, I'm going to do the, I'm going to do like, like his entire focus was based on being the greatest and people can say what they want. Maybe he's not the fastest. Maybe he's not the biggest, which he had good size, 6'2", 200 pounds. Um, but he sure as hell looked the fastest on the field when he caught a slant and took it 80 yards. You know, yards after catch is now a stat because of Jerry Rice. Yards have to catch as a stat because Jerry Rice. Like, Jerry Rice was a special. There will never be a greater receiver than him. Was he the freakiest? No. That probably is going to be somebody like Calvin Johnson or Randy Moss. But when you talk about the best, the greatest, it has to be Jerry Rice. So I'm going to start with that. I just want to kind of get that ran off. The disrespect has to stop. I don't care if, oh, we say must because of Randy Moss, whatever. Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver, the best receiver we've ever seen because he refused to lose. He refused to lose. And when I, when I say that, I mean in the sense of, like, I'm preparing this week. This guy's not going to be better than me. We didn't always see that from Randy Moss. You know something interesting, man, and I'm going to get back to Odell Beckham in a second. Jerry Rice was 34 years old and caught for 1,800 yards. At 34 years old, 1,800 yards. I'm going to say it again. At 34 years old, 1,800 yards. All right. He... In the season, there was a shortened season where the NFL players only played, like, most of them played 12 games. I think they had some replacement players. In 12 games, Jerry Rice caught 22 touchdown passes. That record stood for a long time. I think Randy Moss broke it with the New England Patriots. That record, and and that's what people don't even think about. Randy Moss broke a record that Jerry Rice got in 12 games. This dude was amazing. He was he was the he is the best. He's the best. All right, so now back to Odell Beckham, who is my favorite player. I'm pretty sure I've said on the podcast before, Odell Beckham is my favorite player to watch. He's must see TV. He he's a special, talented, 
guy. Um, you know, I think he's going to do really good things with Cleveland Browns. But is football Odell's life? Does Odell dedicate his time, his effort? Does it take up space in his mind that I 100% have to be the best every single time I step on the field? Now, I know I know Odell works hard. Uh, I, you know, I see Footwork King. I actually have conversations with Foot, Footwork King on the side. Um, you know, he works with Odell. I know Odell works hard. But does he dedicate his life to this? Jerry Rice wasn't about building a brand. Jerry Rice was about winning championships. Jerry Rice wasn't about going on a boat the the Monday before a playoff a playoff game, which the Giants lost. Jerry Rice wasn't about that. Like, I'm here to win. I'm here to be the best. Now, not only do you have to be the best receiver in the league or, you know, whatever you have to be good. You have to be elite for so long. Like so a lot of people, oh Jerry Rice played for how long? Jerry Rice was 40 years old and caught for 1200 yards. So I'm gonna say that again. Jerry Rice was 40 years old and caught for 1200 yards. You see guys slow down now. Oh, 30 years old. Oh, he's starting to slow down. Look at look at uh AJ Green. People still try to keep A.J. Green in like a top five receiver in the league right now. But look at A.J. Green. He's kind of, I don't know, he's kind of tapering off a little bit. He's like 31 years old. Can't taper off. Not if you're trying to catch Jerry Rice. Um, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown just turned, what, 31 years old? He's had an amazing career, right? Played in the league nine years. He's been balling, right? Well, to catch Jerry Rice, he... He has to average like 1,300 yards. AB has to average like 1,300 yards for another nine seasons. (laughs) Yes. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Antonio Brown, to catch Jerry Rice, has to average 1,300 yards for another nine seasons. So he's played nine years already. He's played nine years already. But to catch Jerry Rice, he has to play another nine and average 1,300 yards, Jerry Rice is the mother effing greatest football player. I'm not even talking about receiver. Jerry Rice is the greatest football player we have ever seen. All right, guys. Uh, that's going to be it for this episode of the Press Coverage Podcast. Football is here. And all the breakdowns, man, you guys haven't even seen the half of it. There's going to be tons of breakdowns on this on this podcast. Um, I'm, I'm going to be giving away... Um, receiver of the week awards, defensive back of the week awards, um, swag awards. I'm going to be breaking down key matchups, man, all that. And it's actually going to start maybe this week because we got the uh, Hall of Fame game coming up, okay? Um, big news, got my own 49er podcast coming out myself um, with Kevin Jones, Rob Louder. Man, make sure you guys tune in for that. It's going to be called Striking Gold. It was actually Kevin Jones' podcast. He's rebranding. He added myself. He added uh, Rob Louder. It's going to be, uh, if you're a 49er fan, make sure you guys listen to that. And that's the reason why I didn't do um, I didn't do a uh, mailbag segment. All my mailbag segment questions were about the 49ers since I'm here at training camp. But we'll answer those questions on Striking Gold podcast. So, hey, make sure you guys tune in next week right here on Press Coverage Podcast.